are listening to Setting History Straight with Linda Watson on Hebrew Nation Radio. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to our program. And we have Joey on with us and we're going to be talking about some of the things that we have discussed in the past. You know, in 2017, Joey and I did a whole series of programs about Virgo and what happened in 2017. And we're going to talk about that again because... We're coming to the end of a seven year period and, and things are, we're running out of time for this nation. And so we just need to prepare. Everybody needs to, to prepare because they, we, we know the end of this nation is coming. And at this point, it's no point in even telling people to repent because it doesn't look like they're going to do it. Does it, Joey? No, it doesn't. And so at this point, all you can do is prepare. And be and plan for what's coming, and there's a spiritual preparation we all need to do. So, all right, so Joey, let's go back into uh, 2017, and I I know that you have quite a bit you want to talk about. Okay. So we we talked about this heavily in 2017, uh, and Joey, you know everybody was thinking the rapture was coming, and they were thinking. You know, the world is coming to an end, and it was just a big uh, a mess of what people were talking about. And, and we knew, you and I knew when we were discussing this, that it was a sign. So basically when this sign occurred, um, a lot of people don't talk about this, but it was, it was actually uh, about eight days after the birth. The birth occurred eight days prior to this, and the sign occurred basically on the day that would become circumcision when you had all of the the elements move uh, into place. Jupiter would be <clears throat> number nine. It's right below the number nine there. is basically eight days out of the womb. And so the moon, <clears throat> which would have been a crescent, this is a that was at her feet, and she's clothed with the sun. They've got that right. And you can see the 12 uh, planets or stars, a garland of 12 lights in the heavens above her head. And the text at the top is correct. Once in 7,000 years, what's not said there is that computer generations move forward another 7,000 years, and this never occurs. So this is actually once in at least 14,000 years that this alignment occurs in the heavens. And it certainly is a... Uh, an apt depiction of Revelation 12, verse 1. So in Revelation 12, 1, uh, we read this, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head was a garland of twelve stars. And she began, uh, she being with with child, cried out or travailed in birth, and the pain of uh, the delivery to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And we'll talk very briefly about what those symbols represent. And his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven, or as we understand it, the upper echelons of government, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for she was devour, uh, I'm sorry, for to deliver her child as soon as it was born. 
And she brought forth a male child, a son, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up into heaven or unto God, as we understand it, unto the government and to his throne. So there's a lot going on in this text, but basically we have the virgin as the sign in the heaven conceiving and giving birth to the king planet, which in this case is typified by Jupiter. And this is a typology that points, in my opinion, to the election of Donald J. Trump. And there was one waiting in the wings to devour him. That's the dragon, George Soros, who was who held a third of the stars of heaven, the media, ready to work his work and, of course, bring down Trump as they did. Many people would hear this and say, well, that's just absolutely crazy, right? But the way the Father works scripture, I I, I honestly believe it, that whatever you're, what you see going on in the government and what's going on around you is in scripture. Absolutely. Because I, I believe that it's a living book and you can go find the stuff that's going on around you. And as crazy as this sounds, and it does sound crazy. You have to realize that's exactly what happened. A lot of people don't consider, and that is the fact that this uh, right here in the womb of the Virgin, the, the stomach area, Jupiter entered and did a retrograde motion for 44 weeks, which, by the way, before that was the normal gestation period of a child, anciently, was 44 weeks, not 40 weeks, but 44. And so... um this gestation of of Jupiter in the womb was taking place and it began in November of 2016. So in November of 2016, which was the election of Donald Trump, we had uh, a period of gestation in which Trump was brought forth as the people's choosing. Now, you know, the other meaning of this, when it talks about bringing forth a child, that goes back to Isaiah chapter 54, where it says the virgin, the, the actual barren woman, it says, open your tents because you're going to have children. So it's another reference to what's going to happen, take transpire in the next few months and years, right? Because the father has every intention of people, many people repenting and turning their lives around and many will. Now, I know I know people don't believe that, but you're going to see a revival of at least a third of the people in this nation. When you go back to Zechariah chapter 13, it says one third is killed by war. One third is killed by pestilence and famine. And one third repent and call him, you know, their father. And he calls them his children. Now I'm paraphrasing here, but at the very end of, of Zechariah chapter 13, it talks about how all of these people come back to their land weeping and crying, and which is another thing people don't teach because they don't believe that you come back to this land. But we're, the people are going to be returned back to this land and they're going to be weeping and crying because they're repentant. And so, so they they will see the things they have done. It says they said it says they will see the place that they have pierced him. And so um, it, it's amazing stuff. What's going to transpire? And there's more than one meaning of this, doesn't, isn't it, Joey? 
Absolutely. You said a minute ago about the barren woman. Well, 7,000 years is a time of barrenness, and I think that's important. And also, what's being birthed in actuality is not necessarily a person and not necessarily – it's actually a government. So an apt description of that coming government is found in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, where it says, unto us a son is, a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. So it is the establishment of the government that's, that's occurring right now. Now, and actually, uh, Linda, and I'm, I'm not sure how you see this, but Zechariah 6 is pretty clear that it's two thrones of a government. It's church and state. It's king and priest. It's not one returning person. It is an establishment of a government here on this earth. And it's Yahweh's government that will rule in righteousness and truth. And by the way, the woman here that's depicted here plays a major, major role in that government. As a matter of fact, I can make the case from the book of Micah that she is the one that's running the government of Christ. These are the two witnesses, and it's the woman of Revelation 12 that does the educating. She is the one that is the advisor to both of these seats of power, expressly being able to determine right from wrong and to to keep corruption from reoccurring as it's occurred in this nation after the government has been set straight. Yes, because the woman is representing the the true body of believers that have made themselves clean. It says they made themselves clean and they put on clean robes of linen. That's correct. And so that's... That's a brainwashing, really and truly, that what has transpired. And they're going to be the people that understand how to how to set up a government more than what you know anybody else would be able to know how to do because they've been their their job is is to be trained right now to learn so that they can do their job in the future. If you take, for example, the president of the United States, he has a 15, uh, 15 offices. They're called the cabinet or the executive offices to the presidency. They are the advisors. Believe it or not, down through time, they are the ones that are running the nation. I mean, I know Congress is making the legislation, but at the end of the day, the ones that's directing the president's words, his decision, his speeches, they are the executive offices of the cabinet. And in my opinion, that's that's a good representation of what the woman of Revelation 12 will be. They will be the ones behind the scenes that are that are setting policy. Yeah. You, so that's pretty much the same government we're going to have is what yep. we've set up in the United States, because the United States really modeled at our our founders understood the, the Bible. And so they set it. They set up a government based on the Bible. Nobody wants to believe that, but it it's just so frank and so clear. And so it'll it'll be used again in the in the millennium. It'll be the same government because she was a America was a type of a promised land. She, That's correct. She was, she was a promised land, and and we all know that there's a promised land in the Middle East. But at this point in history, America is really, if if you look at what's going on, she is the true promised land right now. I mean, she is the one that everybody looks to 
for help for and she got received the double blessing she she is that nation that when they talk about Israel and it, and there's more countries that are Israel countries because there's many Christian nations so she is that nation really and truly that that uh that has always been faithful to the father throughout history except in the last hundred years she's been turning she's got she's back uh backsliding again well it's who's governor that's the problem she is the land of of Israel restored the restored house of Israel but she is currently being governed by Babylon and yes. it's that that government that has turned her to the ways of unrighteousness there's there's no two ways about that that doesn't take on take away from the fact that America is the promised land and that the ones that were ordained to to found the nation of the promised land of America are the regathered house of Israel. All 12 tribes are here in America at its founding. And, and that is also to say that nations would be joined to that group of people. In other words, it's a, America is a full representation of all of the ancient nations that were that were in the Bible. Now, you have to understand one other thing also. People talk about the um, the 24 elders of Revelation. They ask, who is the 24 elders? Well, if you take a look at the 15 offices of, of the executive that we have now, that's the skeleton of the coming government. You also have nine uh, judicial uh office holders. They are the, the Supreme Court. Those two working together, I, I said a minute ago, the executive branch is running the country. Well, the Supreme Court is added to that equation as well. I think that both of those branches of government are the woman of Revelation 12. The two of them together, 9 and 15, make up 24. Take yes, that for it, what you want. It is, it is true, because you look around, that is who's running our government. Yep. The Supreme Court and really the the cabinet members. Yep. And so, and, and probably some other, in our case, it's probably some other people that are out there running it too. But those are the main, those are the main players. And they depict the 24 elders. And Mas- so, um, Isaiah says that he will restore the judges as at the first. So that's a very important piece of the, the governmental equation in the coming, in, in the coming times. So now you, we mentioned that there this is a seven year period and it's going to, there's going to be another eclipse that comes across because there was an eclipse that came right before this. If you remember, uh, it, it happened on the first day of, uh, Alua, Okay. And it w- was in August, I think August 24th, if I'm not mistaken, that same year. And what happened was there was, a, was an eclipse that went across the country right before this constellation appeared. Is that not true, Joey? Yeah, and that, that was... It went across and it came from, started in, in Salem, Oregon, and came all the way down and made like a, a line all the way down to North Carolina. And everybody in the United States went out and saw that eclipse because it happened at noon. It was around noon, one o'clock, two o'clock time frame. Okay. And so interesting because now we have that same eclipse seven years later. Here it is. And it'll come across the other way. It'll come across the other way on April 8th, on April 8th, 2024 next year, that eclipse will come back across 
and it'll make an X across the country. And that is exactly in a seven-year period by the end of next year, or really by the t- by August of next year, it'll be a complete seven years. Yes. And so I feel like that this is a warning that the Father's trying to give to this nation. He's putting an X on it. That doesn't sound good. To me, it's it's the crossed arms of Jacob Israel being completely fulfilled. In other words, it, it marks the time when the prophecy given in Genesis 48, where Jacob crossed his arms and uh, placed the greater blessing on the younger Ephraim, which is a, you know, there's this debate that uh, Great Britain is Ephraim, but I disagree. I think Great Britain is Manasseh. They're the eldest. They come first. And the younger would be America. That's Ephraim. I think that that 2024 is the year that that prophecy has been completely fulfilled, run its course, and now that blessing is being taken away, thus the X. So you've got both the, both the crossed arms of Jacob and the Xing, or the I guess you could say the the abolishment of that that prophecy, just basically stating it's run its course, it's finished. And now comes the judgment. Yes. Now, I never noticed the part about the arms cross, but I did understand that's what Jacob actually did was cross cross his arms. And and interesting, because the other way that you know that we're America is that we receive the double blessing. And and I'm talking about Ephraim. That's that's how we know that we are Ephraim in the Bible. We're playing the role of Ephraim in the Bible. Because, see, the Father put everything in Scripture through symbolism. And he's replaying the whole thing again. So he's going to replay what happened before in history. And we're, it's going to play out right in front of our eyes. And it, we're told that history repeats itself. You can go read Ecclesiastes chapter 1. History will repeat itself. And so when we read that, many people read the books of the prophets and said, well, that's happened in the Middle East years ago. Yes, it did. But there's many verses in there, Joey, that says in the last days. So it can't possibly be all fulfilled now. It's impossible. In fact, many of the the books were written after both tribes, Judah and Israel, went into captivity. Haggai was written after that. Zechariah was written after that. Many books had to be written after it. And so what do you do with those books? You know, this is to think that it's all played out and it's already done. I'm, I'm so sorry because it, it is not. This country, you know, is like a cup of trembling, the father says. He says it's like a cup of trembling and it's bubbling over. And that's he's talking in specific about their sins. And, you know, any nation, and I I say this all the time, that if if the father doesn't come back and judge this country, Joey, then he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah because we're much more wicked than they are. Yeah, and he says that in, you know, basically in in, uh, Matthew 20, uh, excuse me, Matthew 12, where he he says uh, the the. Oh, the ones that were judged in Sodom will rise up in judgment of this generation in the coming kingdom, which is, uh, you know, you have to think through that uh, statement to really understand the mercy 
and the large scope of our heavenly father's plan of salvation it's yes it's more than that. it's it, we we're going to see well, everybody comes up at uh, and is called at a different point yep. and so um, as far as their salvation goes okay so can we go joy to isaiah 66 verse 7 and talk about this yeah, so the the woman of Revelation 12 was a marker. We saw that. Linda and I were talking about this um, basically six years ago uh, before the sign occurred in the heavens. As she said, we did a series on this, and this was one of the passages that we brought forth, which was the fact that the sign would occur and then the birth pains would come about. So if we just read this text, uh, verse 7 before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. So this is, in my opinion, this is not referring to the birth of Christ. Neither are the verses that we're going to talk about in just a minute. Neither is the book of Revelation uh, chapter 12. That's not. Those are not uh, uh, Christ events, you know, Christ, Christ being born into the flesh. This is talking about that government that we were referring to in Revelation 12. And so there is the marker that we see in the heavens. But then after the marker, we have the birth pains. Verse 8, who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? So it's it's not a one-day marker. It's it's spread out, as Linda alluded to just a minute ago, basically over a seven-year period of time. Or shall a nation be born at once? As For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her child. Shall I bring to birth to the birth and not cause it to bring forth? Says the Eternal, shall I cause to bring forth and shut up the womb, says my mighty one or thy mighty one. Um, the point being is that there comes first the sign, and then there is a count, as we're going to see in just a minute, from that sign that fulfills the, all of the birth pains. And then finally, Zion as a nation brings forth a brand new government. Yes. So, Joey, what they're really saying here, so that everybody understands, it says that the woman had her birth pains after she had the child. Right. And so that is specifically talking about Virgo and that that September 23rd, 2017 event, right, that mm -hmm. transpired before this country and the other Israelite countries have their birth pain. This right. is a forerunner before that, and it's 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 a sign to them so that they know that the birth pains are coming. That's what it's supposed to show them. And They're I supposed can... to look at this Virgo and say, "Oh my goodness, the birth pains are coming. What is what's going to transpire?" And that's what we've seen going on in this country is nothing but birth pains. And it's broken up into two, three and a half year periods. The first three and a half years 
is the birth pains of the king, the attack on the king, which in this case is Donald Trump. And then the second half of that seven-year period is the birth pains or the travail or the persecution, if you will, of the nation, of the people, that because the king is removed. You know, the, the text in, I think it's uh, Micah or maybe Amos, uh, you know, of us going many days without a king, or is there no king in you? That's also in Hosea chapter 13. Yeah. And so we really don't have a president. I mean, he right. he's in the office, but he right. has no ability to be able to do the job. Yeah, he, our true don't king have is, a king. Our true king is Barack Obama. He's the one pulling the punches behind the scenes, and he's just a puppet of we would call him the dragon, which is George Soros and the powers that be behind him. No, no doubt. So, so I think it's such an interesting verse because how else would you explain that verse? That I don't she know. gives birth and then she has her pain. How does, yeah. how does that is exactly what happened? She did give birth to revelations 12. That, that Virgo event that happened in September 2017, she did give birth. And so the birthing is this government that the, that the father is about to set up. This, this, this is exactly, and it's exciting, but it's also going to be a lot of pain involved. People have to be brought to, to uh, repent. And many of them will. Go ahead, there's Joanne. A, okay, there's a culmination of this seven-year period, something that occurs that, well, I don't say I want I won't go so far as to say breaks the cycle or or puts an end to the persecution, because I'll be honest with you, Linda, the seven year period is, is, in my opinion, just a period of calling. It's a period of gathering the people on one side of the plumb line or the other. In other words, we should have been as a nation seeing what's occurring and saying, okay, this is judgment. What do we got to do to stop it? There's a line that's drawn in the sand. And after that line is completed, then the real bad stuff occurs. And that's the, the Ezekiel 38 attack on this nation, which is brought, I mean, there's, there's no other way to say it than bringing forth the king of Assyria. And we'll see that in this next slide that you have. So, and so it's so critical for to make this point, Joey, that when you go back to Daniel 9, verse 27, you have another seven-year period that is totally different from this seven-year period we're talking about. But it says in the midst of that week, which is three and a half years into it, you have the abomination of desolation set up. And that is the fall of America. When America falls, this, this whole world goes under a different government ran by a a a vile man. And so the, this is what scripture tells you, and they say he has 42 months to rule. Well, this is what we're talking about. When America falls, and she's going to fall, there's no doubt about it. When she falls, then that is the actual abomination of desolations because then once she falls, this man that's a vile man will come in and take ownership and rule. And so this this is what we're talking about. And that's what the scripture backs up. It talks about this man standing in the holy place. Well, everybody thinks that's a temple. It's not a temple. 
It's, yeah, it's the set apart place of Israel's set promised apart land. Place. It, it's it's the White House. It's Washington D.C. There's no doubt about that. Go to the next slide, Linda, which is okay. uh, should be sure. Isaiah seven. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we didn't put this in, but uh, if you look at verse, I think seven, eight, and nine, you'll find that Ephraim um, was prophesied to be a nation. For 65 years, and at the end of 65 years, it would no longer be a nation. A minute ago, you made the reference that the seven-year period of the crossing of the two eclipses ended in 2024. Well, here's another evidence of 2024. The prophecy in Genesis 48 where Jacob crossed his arms and blessed Ephraim and said he would become a multitude of nations Linda, that uh, you know this well, but that um, is referring to the multitude of 50 nation states. And so 50 is the number of jubilee of the nation of Israel. And so that that the fullness of that blessing occurred in 1959 when Hawaii became the 50th nation or nation state within the United States of America. And that completed the we'll, we'll say the fullness of the blessing given to Ephraim in Genesis 48. 65 years later, which is what the text in Isaiah 7, uh, 8 and 9 says, it, uh, six, 65 years later brings us to 2024, which is when, uh, you know, we make the case that America will begin the process of dissolving probably in some form of national divorcement uh, to be brought about because of the evil and corruption that is within our, our government today. Yes, well, so, you know, I I take it a little further than that. I I really see boots on the ground. Well, it so, is boots know. on the ground. That that is is probably in conjunction. In other words, um, the government. There's no other way to say it. From what we see and what we understand from Scripture, the government has an open door to the invading nations of Russia and China to come to our nation, our land, and literally take it over. And so that's where the separation comes from, where there will be people probably of the tribe of Benjamin, because Benjamin was the ones that stood up and would not take it. They would not bow to Esau because he wasn't born yet. When es- when Jacob went to meet Esau after fleeing from Laban, it was 11 brothers, not 12. Jacob did not, uh, excuse me, Benjamin did not bow before Esau. He was still in the womb of Rebekah. And so that's important to understand because the tribes of Benjamin will not bow to Russia and Esau. They are one and the same. Yes. And so interesting that you, interesting point because when you get to Jeremiah 6, those are the people that stand up and flee. That's right. Because they see the, the government at the position that it's in and they flee. That's and right. And that's in Jeremiah 6. Verse yeah. 1. Yes. So, so – so Go this ahead. text this text here in Isaiah is is equally as important because that thought continues that we just made and basically this is a prophecy and people take this to mean the birth of Messiah and I'm sorry uh, it it may be a type there may be a shadow of a type pointing to Messiah but that is not the fulfillment of this text and we'll explain why in just a minute and so let me read it. It says, moreover, the eternal spoke again to Ahaz, and that's referring to the ancient king of Judah. But that the, that historical event is a prophecy playing out at the end time. He's saying, 
ask of thee a sign from the eternal, thy Elohim. Ask it whether it be as in in the depths or in the heights above. In other words, as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the eternal. So just think of Ahaz as being Donald Trump, and he's saying today, I don't need a sign. I don't want a sign. Your nation is like too, Joey, because they don't. Exactly. They saw Virgo, and they they, they just blew it off. We don't need a sign. No. Yeah. He says, here now, O house of David, is it a small thing that you weary men, but will you also weary my mighty one as well? Verse 14, therefore the eternal himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin, as in Virgo in the heavens, shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call, you shall call his name Emmanuel. Now here's a kicker. This is the first evidence that it's not talking about Christ. With the exception of the angel who spoke with Mary, which that in itself, when you come to understand it, what he spoke to her saying that you shall conceive and bear a son and it won't be of Joseph and so on. That is a typology also pointing to something that's even greater than the birth of Christ. That's the shocker. But it is. It's greater than the birth of Christ. I'm talking about Christ in the flesh, not Christ the God that is that is in the throne room right now. I'm talking about just the birth of Christ, and they stop there. So he says, notice this. It says, butter and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that, that you abhor us, which is the land of Ephraim, shall be forsaken of both of her kings and the eternal will bring upon you and upon thy people and upon the thy father's house the days that have not come since the day that Ephraim departed Judah and by the way that's a direct reference to our national civil war today but that entity that's being brought upon the land is the king of Assyria right and somebody's now, playing the role of the king of Assyria. Yeah, but here's the kicker, Linda. That never occurred 2,000 years ago in the Middle East. That, no, it that, didn't. That's the kicker. That's what people don't understand. This is not talking about the birth of Christ. It's talking about right now when the king of Assyria comes into the land of Ephraim and wages war. You see, th- that's what the, the text is actually talking about, and therefore the son that's being stuck talking about in the text is the the son that's born in revelation chapter 12 it is a government that is being established notice everybody that this verse here is mentioning ephraim because this prophecy is for ephraim it didn't happen like you said so that's right when did this when is this taking place is the yeah. question and who is ephraim because ephraim we're told in Genesis 48, is the one with the double blessing. Well, there's only one nation that has the double blessing today, and we're sitting in it. Yep. And so it, it's so critical that everybody see this, because what is the sign has already happened. That was Revelation 12 they're talking about here. And this child has to learn covenant law. That's right. And that's that's what's so important. Guess who is the one that is teaching? 
It's the, the woman, woman of, of Revelation, Revelation 12. 12. Right. The, 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 the mother always teaches the child. It's just yes, that so, simple. It's so amazing because you know, when did the Messiah ever learn to refuse evil yeah, and choose Who taught him anything, right? <laughs> so you know, who's going to teach it? This is crazy to think that this is the Messiah. This can't be talking about him. But it's also talking about all this one-third of the people that will turn their their life around because they're going to be, that's a birth also that goes back to Isaiah 54, which we talked about. It says, woman who is barren, that's your churches that are barren, right? Open your tents because you're going to have children. That is in reference to that also. And it's also in reference to this government that's going to take place and be born. Yes, it does. We're going to show you the the barrenness and and what um, what is the result of that in just a minute from Isaiah twenty six. But, but but first, Linda, we've got to get to the second sign because this is this. There's three signs: Isaiah seven, Isaiah eight, and Isaiah nine. All talk about the birth of this son, just giving different references. And we're going to deal with seven and eight. We've already made mention of nine: unto us a son is born, uh, unto us a child is given, and so on. But um, chapter 8 is is equally – because, see, there's a time setting here, Linda, in chapter 7. It's the amount of time that it takes for the child to know to, know to refuse the evil and choose the good. In other words, yeah. go, to, go to chapter 8 and let's take do a look I, at that. Do side. I have 8 in here? Yes, I do. All right, so Isaiah 8, 1 says, Moreover, the Eternal said unto me, Take these uh, – take thee a great – roll or a scroll and write on it with a man's pen concerning Mahar Shahal Hasbaz. Now, the meaning of that name, this is what uh, uh, the child will be named, it means speed the spoil, hasten the booty. This becomes very important because the word spoil and booty is the primary reason that the king of Assyria comes to America. Verse, uh, verse 2. Then I took and uh, unto me faithful witnesses to record Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of Jebekiah. And I went to the prophetess, and she conceived and bare a son. And then uh, he said, uh, then said the eternal to me, call his name, speed the spoil, hasten the booty. Because that's what it means. For before the child shall know or have the knowledge to cry, my mother and my father, the riches of Damascus, and that's a direct reference to the media or the democratic side of the equation, uh, and the spoil of Samaria. Notice the word America in the word Samaria. Samaria was the capital of Ephraim anciently. So this is a direct reference to the leftist side of America. The riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria shall be taken away again before the king of Assyria. Now that never happened. It's a time of Christ. It's never happened in history. As a matter of fact, truth be known. Uh, verse 5, the eternal spoke also unto me, saying, For as much as this people refuse the waters... Of Shiloh, water is a direct reference to Admiralty Law, okay? But this is the waters of Shiloh that flow softly. In other words, there's regulation involved. They refuse the regulation of covenant law and rejoice in reason. And that's that's uh, King Rezin of Israel and Ramallah, the the king of Damascus, his son. 
and so that you'll know these two individuals brought in history, they brought more regulation, more taxing, more of what the Democrats are doing to our nation today in regulation and restrictions. They brought those things upon ancient Israel. And when you talked about Damascus, the word Damascus in Hebrew, the meaning of it is to silence the sackcloth weaver. So the sackcloth weaver has to do with people that would be, uh, you know, telling the nation that they need to, uh, that this nation's about to be destroyed. That's, that would be what the sackcloth weaver would be doing. And the people that are silencing them is the news media. Yep. Yep. It's a great point. Verse seven. Now, therefore, behold, the eternal brings forth from them the waters of the river strong and mighty. So this, these waters that once flowed softly within covenant law, which is what our heavenly father brings. Now we've got great and mighty and flowing restrictions and regulations, even the king of Assyria. So the the one that's coming that's going to enforce even stronger regulations than what we have now, like ruling with a real rod of iron. And that's not a reference from what we read before. It's a different kind of a rod of iron. And all his glory, and he shall come up over all of his channels and go over all of his banks. In other words, out of his territory into somebody else's territory, i.e. America, And he shall pass through Judah, he shall even overflow and go over, and he shall reach even to the neck. And the stretching out of his wings shall fill the breadth of thy land, O Emmanuel. Mention something here, Joey, real quickly. The spreading forth of his wings, that symbol for for Assyria was a double-headed eagle, and that's what it's referencing. Right. Yep. Yep. And just so you'll know, when we say the king of Assyria, I'm pulling no punches. I'll tell you exactly who it is. It's Vladimir Putin. And the man has a, it's called Putin's palace. It's on the shores of the Black Sea. It is in the very location that when Isaiah was prophesying, the ancient Syria, uh, the ancient Assyrian empire was headquartered. Vladimir Putin's own personal house is on the very land that was the headquarters of the Assyrian Empire in 721 B.C. It's just as simple as that. And so this is a geographical typology that's playing out here. If I asked you, and I, I said, Linda, is this clearly talking about the end time? Your answer would be yes, unequivocally. So if I ask you to go to a map and point to the nation of Assyria, could you do it? And the answer is no. Most people could not show. Well, I could. But they could. Yeah, because we have knowledge of of ancient maps and and certainly uh, uh, ancient history. So, but in verse eight it says, and and he shall excuse me, verse nine. Oh, wait, at the end of verse eight, I've got to address this. Uh, this oh, is Emmanuel. called. This is called his land or the Almighty's land, the one that dwells with us. O Emmanuel. This land of America, the land of unwalled villages in Ezekiel 16, you should go back and look at that if you're listening to this program. It's called Yahweh's land. Look at Isaiah 14, verse 1 and 2. You'll find out that this same land is called his land. It's not talking about the Middle East. It's talking about the land of unwalled villages in America. 
Yeah, because there's two Jerusalems talked about in Scripture. Yep. One is obviously Jerusalem in the Middle East, right? But then there's the other Jerusalem that's talked about in Zechariah chapter 2 that has, it says it has many cattle, many people, and it has no walls around its cities. Yep. That cannot be the same Jerusalem that's in the Middle East. Because the one in the Middle East does have walls around the city. And there's all kind of clues in the word Jerusalem. Right in the middle are the letters U-S-A. So he's giving it to you a little hint. Yep. So let's take a look um, at this last text, Linda, in Isaiah chapter 26. So in Isaiah 26, beginning in verse 16, it says, uh, The eternal... um, In trouble, they have visited thee. They pour out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. So the they there is is very plainly talking about the woman of Revelation 12. These are the ones. Well, I'll just tell you, it's it's you and I, Linda. It's people who have have the knowledge of what is taking place. And, And let me say this. There are three aspects of the woman of Revelation 12 that differs from the woman of Revelation 12:17. If you take a look at the end of the chapter of Revelation 12, you'll find those that keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Yeshua the Messiah. So there are a lot of commandment keepers out there, but they are missing three pieces of the puzzle, and they're key pieces of the puzzle. One, they are, they are missing an understanding of the appointed times that are delineated to us by the sun, moon, and stars. Okay, that's the symbols that the woman of Revelation 12, 1 have in her impicturement, sun, moon, and stars. That's a calendar statement. A calendar points to the appointed times or the feast days throughout the year. Number two, they are missing an understanding of who the people of Israel are. And that is to say also who the land or where the land of Israel is. And that's also predicated by the sun, moon, and stars per Joseph's dream back in Genesis when he had the dream and he told it to his his brothers and his, his father. And he recounted that his brothers are like the stars and the sun is like his father and the moon like his mother. And they all bow down to him in the dream. And so, you know, putting scripture with scripture that's the way we come to that understanding. There's a lot of, of commandment keepers that keep the Sabbath that, that hold to the, the teachings of clean and unclean meats and tithing and all the rest of that thing, but they don't have a good understanding of who the nation of Israel is. And then finally, and this is probably the most obscure thing, and that is to say that the woman of Revelation 12 understands that the kingdom of heaven is a government here on this earth. That's the, the biggest missing ingredient within what we would call Hebrews, Hebrew roots or, or messianics or any number of the churches of God that keep the Sabbath day. Because, Joy, everybody looks at the book, the Bible, as a spiritual book, and it is. But it's also about government. Well, the, the whole thing is about they set up a government for Israel in the Bible. That's what, what they did. What you have to understand is that when you say it's a spiritual book, it is a spiritual book in training. It, the purpose of the gospel is to train believers how to govern righteously. That's the bottom line. That's the goal. 
It's not so that you can obtain salvation. You obtaining salvation as a believer is way, 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 way down in the list of priorities concerning the gospel. That's the problem, is that we we make that the number one priority. How are we going to be saved? What? How are we going to be protected during the coming kingdom or government or tribulation or whatever? But the point is, it it goes back to the was it President Truman or or Theodore Roosevelt whoever it was said that think not it may have been JFK think not of what you can get out of your nation but think what you can give to your nation JFK JFK that's what I thought so um, you know it's all about what you can give not what you can get out of the equation and that's the group that's being spoken of here when it says in trouble they have uh, they have visited thee they have poured out a prayer when they they chasten what yeah. uh, the chastening was upon them like as a woman with child they drew near the time of her delivery it is in pain and she cries out in her pains so have we been in the sight of the eternal so the this woman is of exactly revelation what's going on in this yeah. nation there's yeah. this whole nation is under uh, really under a curse and this is the birth pains and yeah, so we have been with a with child and we have been in pain we have as it were brought forth wind in other words linda what is the the produce of your ministry what is the produce of my ministry? How many people have we converted? It's not. It's not about that. Yeah. Well, but but that's the thought process. You understand? We have not turned anybody to prepare uh, to preparing for the coming government. In other words, we have not wrought any deliverance in the earth. Neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. In other words, it's just been stagnant. Thy dead men shall dwell together with the dead uh, dead body. Um, thy dead men shall live together with my my dead body. Goodness, uh, shall they arise, awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust? And this is talking about a resurrection. For thy dew is as the dew of the herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead and of course that again is uh you know the the resurrection of first corinthians fifteen fifty two. come my people enter into thy chambers and shut the doors about thee referring to the uh, in my opinion the coming of of the attack of ezekiel 38 hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be passed for behold the eternal is coming out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, the earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. So there you so go. So that's pretty obvious what's talking being talked about here. It's talking about the birth pains that are going on in this nation. The, we have nothing but, but trouble and, and pain going on now. Yep. Our nation is just every, it's like everything that's taken place in this nation is is just nothing but curses. And so, you know, this, this is what it's describing here. I mean, this is what it's describing. And so, yeah, it's, there's, it's talking about at some point you need to go into a little hiding situation. And then it's, there's, it talks about the actual war and the punishment that's coming on Ephraim. Because again, this whole chapter is about Ephraim. 
And, yep. and it's, please understand that the Father's not going to leave the rest of the Christian nations out. Now, so that everybody understands, if you take and draw a line, Joey, you draw a line down the middle of Jerusalem in, in the Middle East, everything on the west side of that is Christian nations. Let's just be honest. That's what they are. They're Christian nations, okay? Everything on the opposite side pretty much is uh, is not. They they don't even believe in the Messiah most of the time. You China, you know, um, Japan, all the Oriental countries, the... Uh, the, the Muslim countries, it, it's just they don't believe in the Messiah. And so when you get to that verse in Jeremiah that says, I'm going to bring a war between the circumcised and the uncircumcised, it becomes very obvious. And he said, by the way, I'm going to tell you who the uncircumcised is. And he starts listing the nations. And it says the the uncircumcised will come against the circumcised. Circumcised has to do with the fact that they are believers. They've backslid terribly, but as a nation, they are still considered believing nations because they do they do believe in the Messiah. But the other whole half of the world doesn't. And so this is the war that's going to be taking place and America will fall, and when she does, all the other nations go down with it, the Christian nations, because they will not be able to stand against these these nations that are in the East, and we already see them rising. And even you don't even have to know prophecy to see this. Do you, Joy? Do you really have to know prophecy to see what's going on? Because Glenn Beck said something yeah. really interesting. Everybody's preparing for war except America. So, you know, so this this is really what we wanted to cover today. And everybody knows needs to know at this point, really and truly, that that the whole thing is coming to a screeching halt. And then we we as a nation uh it, it you know, we've destroyed ourselves from within. And so the father is not going to sit back and he's not going to just allow us to continue at the, at what we're doing. He will intervene. So Joey, thank you so much for coming on and we'll do another show again soon. So thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, Linda. For more information about this broadcast, please visit our website at www.12tribehistory.com. That is the number 12, tribehistory.com, or email us at lwatson44 at cox.net with any questions or comments.